Morning. Good to see you. Well, what's the problem? Yeah. Uh, so you wanted me to leave the mask on, huh? No comment. Well, here's the reality. Many of us, at times all of us, are uh, guilty of wearing masks. Now, we don't wear Halloween masks. But we wear masks to hide what's really going on inside of us. We wear masks to hide what's really happening in our lives. And I want us to look over the next few weeks at the whole issue of how we live with masks and live behind the mask. Some of us are wearing a mask of security. And on the outside, we act like we are secure and confident and everything is great. But on the inside, we are so unsure of ourselves. We lack self-esteem and we are not confident. Some of us are wearing the mask of strength. That, you know, we've got life all together and we're strong. We can handle whatever comes our way. But the reality is, on the inside, we are full of fear. Some of us are wearing the mask of technology. And we've got all of our gadgets and we act like we're really connected. But the idea of really deeply being involved in a relationship with a real person scares us to death. Some of us are hiding behind the mask of finances. And even though our financial world really is crumbling on the outside, we act like financially we've got it all together. Everything's great. No problems. When it's really crumbling all around Some of us are hiding behind a mask of holiness. We come here on Sunday and we act like we are walking with God and everything is really good. We've got our life together spiritually, but the reality is the rest of the week we are living in sin. Some of us are hiding behind the mask of, I'm fine. You know, life throughout the week is a mess. I mean, things are falling apart for us, but we come here on Sunday and somebody greets us and says, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Everything's great. Because we don't want them to see what's really going on inside. And we are living. We are living in a giant masquerade party. And here's what I hope happens over the next few weeks. I am hoping that God works in our hearts and God will help us to take off the mask and to quit hiding from Him and to quit hiding from each other. Now this masquerade party that we all live really got its start back in the time of Adam and Eve. And that's where I want us to begin this morning. If you brought your Bible or your smartphone or your iPad or however you're reading the Bible, why don't you find your way to Genesis chapter 3. That's a pretty easy one to find because Genesis is the very first book in the Bible. And so find your way there. Now Genesis 3 is, uh, you know, we're already uh, after the time where God has created the heavens and the earth, and God has created all of the animals, and then maybe His greatest stroke of genius and creativity, He creates man and woman, Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, uh, up until this time, have been living in a wonderful, healthy relationship with each other. Um, they have, uh, they are close, they are walking together, and they are walking with God. Their relationship with Him is so close and so healthy and so much the way it should be. Until you get to Genesis chapter 3, and then things really change. I want to look at verse 25 of chapter 2, the last verse in chapter 2, before we jump into chapter 3. And here's what it says, Genesis 2.25, The man and his wife were both naked, 
And they felt no shame. They didn't have any clothes on. And yet there was no embarrassment. And it goes much deeper than just clothes. For Adam and Eve, up until this time, there was no hiding. There was no embarrassment. You know, for, for us, when we feel the least bit vulnerable, we want to run and hide, don't we? When we feel the least bit exposed in our lives, some part of us, we want to hide. Before sin, there was no hiding. There was no reason to hide. There was no shame. There was no embarrassment. There was no confusion. There were no masks. But then Genesis 3 happens and everything changes. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 begins this way. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that God had made. And he's not talking about a regular serpent here. He's talking about Satan who disguises himself in this moment as a serpent. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And we've heard Satan ask that in our lives, haven't we? Did God really say? Did God really say? Or God not say it in our eyes. Let me back up there. We've had Satan say this to us. Did God really say that you shouldn't have sex outside of marriage? Does God really say that even telling a little lie is wrong? Does God really say that it's wrong to have some hateful thoughts in your heart towards someone else? Does God really say that? I mean, what kind of God would tell you that you can't fill in the blank? And in this case, Satan whispers to Eve and he says, what kind of God? What kind of God would tell you that you can't eat that fruit that looks so good? That's not a good God. That's a cosmic killjoy kind of God. And for the first time in the history of mankind, doubt enters into Eve's mind. Before this moment when Satan puts this question in Eve's mind, she has never doubted God. But now, all of a sudden, she is faced with the central question. The central question that all of us face. Do I trust God? Do I trust what He says? Do I trust that God is always looking out for what is best for me? Do I trust Him? She had never had to ask that before. There had never been a moment of doubt. And so Satan poses this question. And what she would soon discover is that God certainly was looking out for His best interest. God was not trying to rob her of anything. When God said to her, don't eat from that tree, He wasn't robbing her of anything. He was protecting her. Listen to what happens in verse 2. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden." But God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. And you know what she's expressing there? She's saying up until this moment, I never thought about what God said I couldn't do as much as I thought about all of the freedom that God had given me. I just thought about the fact God said you can have the fruit of any of these other trees. Just just leave that one alone. And it was never any thought that God was robbing her of something. God was protecting her until this moment when Satan cast that doubt into her mind. Verse 4, You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she went through the same process that we often go through when we see something that looks good, that seems desirable, that we think will do something good for us. We kind of ignore what God has said. And suddenly we think God has been robbing us of something instead of protecting us. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he doesn't seem to ask hardly any questions and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now here's the Bible's first masquerade. For the first time, it's as Eve says, I, I no longer can be the real me. I'm not good enough. I don't feel worthy. I've got to hide. Because if you knew what I had really done, I'm afraid you probably wouldn't love me. And so I can't be the real me. And for the first time in history, we see someone do what Jesus would later say he detests. She became a hypocrite. Some hypocrisy. She started play-acting. The word hypocrite means an actor or someone who plays a role. Or it also can mean someone wearing a mask to misrepresent reality. Someone wearing a mask to misrepresent reality. And if you read through the life of Jesus in the New Testament, you quickly discover that He had little tolerance for people who were wearing masks to misrepresent the reality of their lives. A sinner who was honest about their struggles. Jesus had patience and love and grace for them. But someone who was wearing a mask to misrepresent the reality of their lives and their struggles, Jesus had little tolerance for that. And yet, you know what happens? You and I somehow convince ourselves that if you knew the real me, if you knew how insecure I was, if you knew how much I struggled, if you knew how sinful I was, that you wouldn't probably not love me. You wouldn't think very highly of me. And so we choose to put on a mask to misrepresent the reality of our lives. We choose to hide. You know what? Uh, Satan, Satan is so good at getting people to choose to hide. And here's how he uh, usually does this. The way Satan usually deceives us into thinking that the safest thing we can do is to hide, it, it usually begins with some kind of painful experience that we have. Or we choose to participate in something that is sinful. And out of that pain, or out of our choice to sin, we then have this sense of shame that comes on us. It's, it's a reaction to when we've experienced pain or when we have chosen to participate in sin. And so we begin to feel this shame. And somehow, in the midst of feeling this shame, 
Again, Satan works on us and he causes us to begin to confuse what we have done or what we have experienced with who we are. He causes us to confuse our actions with our identity. And suddenly, we have this very false idea about who we are and what people will think about us. And so it seems the only safe thing that we can do is hide. Because we're just not sure there's any other safe course of action. And Satan's really good at getting us there. And he's really happy when you and I pick up the mask and join the masquerade party. Listen then to what happens in verse 8. I think this is one of the funniest things in the Bible. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as He was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. <laughs> and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Now, do you understand what they're doing here? They are hiding from the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present Creator of the universe. Hey, have you ever sat with a really small child and played hide-and-seek, but you play like this? You know, you hold up a pillow in front of them and you say, where's Johnny? And then you drop the pillow. There he is. And they laugh. And you do it again. Where's Johnny? <gasps> there he is. And they laugh. Have you ever stopped to think that maybe they're actually laughing at you? <laughs> that they realize all along and they're thinking to themselves, this stupid grown-up. Does he really think that I have disappeared or that I don't know that he's on, you're just on the other side of the pillow? And we play this game with an all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present God. We play this game where we think we are hiding from Him. That somehow He doesn't know where we are or what we have done. It's kind of stupid to think we could fool Him. Listen to verse 9. But God called to the man. But the Lord God called to the man. Where are you? Now, why does God ask, where are you? Does He really not know where Adam is? Well, absolutely not. God knows exactly where Adam is. The question is not asked because God doesn't know where He is. God asked the question because He wants Adam to recognize where he is and what he's doing. And why He's hiding. And I think the Holy Spirit wants to say to a whole bunch of us today, where are you? And why are you hiding from Me? God wants us to acknowledge where we are and what it is that we're doing. And then listen to verse 10. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. I was afraid because I felt so vulnerable. I was afraid because I knew I wasn't good enough. I was afraid because I was ashamed. I was afraid because I thought if you knew what I had done, God, you probably wouldn't love me anymore. Ever been there? Oh, you may not have verbalized the words, but has your heart ever been there? 
You're hiding from God because you were ashamed. Because you thought that if God really knew what you had done, that maybe He wouldn't love you anymore. That's another lie from Satan. Because God knows exactly where you are and who you are and how you are and what you've done. And He still loves you. He still cares about you. And He is willing to forgive you. He just wants us to quit playing the game of hiding. He wants us to drop the mask and be honest with ourselves about what we're really doing. And God, through His Spirit, would say to all of us today, where are you? And why are you hiding? Now the story doesn't end there. If you read on through, there's several more things that happen. But I want to notice one verse that kind of, I think, wraps up the story for us today. It's verse 21. It says, The Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife, and He clothed them. God covered Adam and Eve's sin and shame. God sacrificed the life of an innocent animal. He took the skin of that animal and He covered the sin and the nakedness and the shame of Adam and Eve. And in a very similar way, God's made it possible for the sin and the shame of our lives to be covered. He did it when the innocent Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, was sacrificed on the cross. And He did that so that we could be covered by Jesus. And our sin, our shame, our embarrassment could be covered. And when you understand that God has loved us in that way, Why would you go on hiding? When you understand that God knows exactly what it is that you have done, that God sees right into your life, that you have never fooled Him for a second. There's never been a moment where you held the pillow up and said, I bet you can't see me now, can you, God? He's never been fooled. And He has never stopped loving you. And today, He would say to you, if He could look you physically in the eye, He would say, quit hiding. I love you. And I want to cover the sin and the shame and the embarrassment of your past. We don't need to play games. I see right into your life. Would you stop hiding? Would you drop the mask? Quit thinking you are fooling me. And I just wonder how many of us, for how long, have been playing the game thinking we were fooling God. We never have. And I'm hoping today that you'll quit hiding and you'll drop this mask. This is the foundation. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about some particular masks that a lot of us wear in our lives. And I hope that along the way, each of those masks will get dropped and we'll quit hiding. But it all begins. It all starts with realizing I'm not going to hide from God anymore. I'm dropping the mask. Let's pray together. God, I uh, I thank You that You love us. And God, I recognize this morning that we I, I've never fooled You. Not for a single moment. And yet, God, despite the sin of my past and the failures of my past, You have never stopped loving me. 
God, that is true for every person in this room. And so through Your Spirit this morning, would You give us the courage to take off the mask, to quit hiding, and to live openly before You. Thank You for what Jesus has done that covers our sin and our shame and our embarrassment. God, thank You that You see right into our lives. Remind us of that every day. And help us to quit playing the game. Get out of the masquerade. And live openly before You. Thanks, God, for how You work in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.